Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash ConcertWeek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Volume. Hey, what's up, y'all? T-Bob here reminding you that you can come hang out with me and Aaron Murray live on AMP Monday through Thursday. AMP is a new live radio app. You just download it from the Apple Store. You can actually call in, text in, chat with us directly during the show. It's a ton of fun. We're at Snaps, right? Snaps, your favorite college football podcast at Snaps Monday through Thursday, 1 Eastern, noon Central, on AMP. Download it and come hang out with us today. Hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome into a brand new episode of Snaps. Which remember, you can always catch live on AMP. Just go to the App Store, be it Apple, uh, Android, whatever the case may be. Go download AMP and catch us every single day, 2 o'clock Eastern, 1 Central. And as always, everything will be uploaded to YouTube as well, both the full show, uh, everything else just hit two say two K subscribers on YouTube. So massive thank you there. YouTube.com slash at volume snaps. And of course, if you listen on Apple or Spotify, just rate it, review it. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Um what well, we could talk more at the end, maybe about the uh where where the show is going, but we got some massive news to break down today. Aaron Murray, what's up, man? How you uh how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Happy Monday to everyone, regardless of where you're listening at. Uh, I do apologize. I was looking at some of the comments from from last week. T-Bob and I were on vacation as we were doing some shows. And I swear, both times I'm trying to do shows, my wife is cleaning up toys at one time. Uh, My mom is putting away the dishes at one point. I'm like, is there no respect for a man trying to do his job and do a live show in the middle of vacation while everyone else is trying to enjoy vacation. Like, come on, give me some peace and quiet for 40 minutes. That's all I asked for. And like you hear my mom putting away the damn yeah. forks and knives. I'm just like, mom, shut up, shut up. No, I know. I heard it. I was, but, but again, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's vacant episodes. It's kind of is what it is at this point. We are back in studio, meaning the quality is back. Uh, but it's kind of funny, Aaron. I, I, I chose a hell of a day 
on Friday, the final day of my vacation, uh, to leave my phone in my room. I, I, I left it in the, the room, never, never looked at it, uh, literally until I went to bed that night to the point where I was out at dinner and it was my, uh, brother-in-law's sister's fiance, who's an Ohio state guy lives in Cali now orthopedic surgeon. And he starts talking to me about like realignment stuff. And I'm like, wait, I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'm kind of bored talking about until something happens. And he's like, well, what, what do you, what do you mean? Something, something has happened. And, and yes, just this last Friday. So in between episodes, um, it's a bit odd, something that we, we could clearly see coming. We've talked about coming mm -hmm. uh, for, for months and months now to the point of um, exhaustion, quite frankly, like people are over it. Uh, it, it, it came to pass the four corners all approved and chose to leave and join the big 12. Of course, that's Arizona, mm -hmm. Arizona state, Colorado, and Utah, um, and Oregon and Washington chose to pack up and follow USC and UCLA to the big 10. And, and look, you can get into like the reasons why and the, uh, the actual numbers of the PAC 12 contract and everything. And, and I'm sure we're going to get into all of that at some point. It's going to be a very wide ranging conversation today and in many ways will be kind of our magnum opus on realignment. But I want to start here, Aaron, because to me, sometimes um, in life, and we've seen this a lot, it's like knowing something's going to happen and then actually yep. experiencing it can call up some complicated emotions. And so I would like to take this opportunity to pour one out for college sports as we knew them, right? Because I'm not saying better or worse. I'm not offering a qualitative statement. What I am saying is that it's going to be different from here on out. It's going to be vastly different from the sport that many of you fell in love with. And as we'll talk about, it's not just football. We are talking about all of college sports, the same money that grew football and college sports to this incredible threshold that it now occupies is the very same money now that is changing it into something unrecognizable. I'll start with you, Aaron, uh, with your emotion. Like, what, what was your emotion when you heard that the deals had finally gone through, the Pac-12 was dead, and that you now have a, another super conference of the Big Ten and a, you know, a sub super conference of the Big Twelve. Not surprised. I mean, we've been talking about this for a while, especially the Oregon and Washington. And and this is a it's a, it's about the money. I think that's what's really upset people at the end of the day, is is you know the feeling of these schools and these presidents and these ads are making decisions because of money. But don't we to make most of our decisions on life about money, what your job is, where you're going to live, where you're going to send your kids to school. Like money plays a big factor in this. Like these schools understand if they want to be able to compete with the big boys, if they want to be able to, to legitimately put themselves in a situation when championships, it does come down to dollars and cents. Like how can we put our student athletes in the best situation financially to give them the best assets to go out there and compete for championships. So moving to the big 10, was a really smart move for Oregon and Washington. The Pac-12 has been dying, and it's been dying for a while, and part of the problem is the fan bases out there. The majority of the fan bases for the Pac-12 don't really love football. They're not tuning in. They're not watching the Pac-12 network, which has been the, the, the biggest mistake and which was part of the reason why this Apple TV deal did not go through is because the, the, these, these teams saw, like, if we couldn't make the Pac-12 network work, what gives us confidence that we're going to hit these incentives with an Apple TV deal. So if you want to blame anyone, look at the fan bases that were not engaging with these universities, weren't showing up to all the games. 
I get Oregon and Washington, like they are some, but as a whole, the Pac-12 was dying and it's been dying. This was a smart move to leave to go to a better conference. So I guess, so, so again, that's, that's not as much my question, right? Because, uh, I understand what you're saying. Like this was inevitable because the disparity of, uh, money was so obvious, right? And so, like you said, like it, it, it is the correct business decision and I am not lamenting change. Like I know Are you asking, like where my soul. Yes. I'm saying like, like, I know yes, that change soul. is constant. I know that yes. this is what everybody had to do in order to keep up with the Joneses and that they needed the money and it's a oh. correct business decision. But at the end of the day, you are looking at the co entire college sports landscape because this is not just football. Something I do want to talk about. I think it should be yeah. just football. But the entire college sports landscape is changing as we know it. And again, maybe we end up liking it better. Maybe we end up thinking it's worse. Most likely it's going to be like all things in life. It's going to be better in some ways, worse than others. But the point is it, again, objectively, unequivocally, it will be different, vastly yeah different and so yeah there is you know you've lost some of the college football mystique like my heart hurts a little bit for when i used to think about the ideas of these sort of regional champions emerging from their corner of the college football world and meeting in this clash this playoff tournament to try to determine who would be number one and it was kind of like a you know a strange man in a strange land sort of thing i always used to think about like uh, playing like a like a washington or a usc as an sec school it was like all of a sudden some giant group of people just showed up on the horizon that you had never seen before and you had to do battle with them. A lot of that mystique is now gone. A lot of the quirking is all going to be more homogenized now. It's all much more uh, NFL light, which leads to higher quality football, but less yep. weird football. I, see, that's what, to me, I'm I'm more excited about college football going forward. And, and I get the whole... You know, you you get comfortable with where you are. You get comfortable with um, the the regions and how that plays, and the travel and the the, the natural rivalries that get born. I'm more excited because I I kind of look at it as I think there's going to be better football at the end of the day. Like, yes, you're going to have to some new rivalries are going to form, and those will take time. It's it's hard to replicate something that's been going on for some of these teams for centuries. And not saying all the major rivalries are just going to disappear. You know, Oregon and Oregon State can still play each other. Washington and Washington State can still play each other. Like, yeah, you may miss a couple of these Pac-12 games that you're used to seeing or, or Big 12 games that you're used to seeing, but the, the, the core ones can still stay alive. You can still play out-of-conference out of games. It's not like we're saying that, hey, you're only going to play a Big 10 conference schedule or a Big 12. Like, you can still play your top rival if you both can figure out a way to do it Oregon or, or excuse me Oklahoma Oklahoma State obviously decided not to continue that rivalry which is really not a rivalry because Oklahoma's dominated but there was an opportunity to continue that rivalry if both schools wanted to do so I still look at this as as a fan of college football what do I want I want to be entertained and I want the best product possible and I think going forward we're going to get better football games week in and week out and to me that is a win for college football i i think it's i think it's hard to argue against 
the quality of games going up on the whole. I think some of these matchups that seem sexy early on will lose a bit of their luster, right? Like USC, Ohio State is really cool right now because it only happens in the Rose Bowl and it only happens every so often, right? All of a sudden when they're playing every other year or whenever it's going to be, it's not going to mean as much. Will it be great football? Yes, you'll have two great teams going against one another. But again, I think you will get some maybe lack of return on investment there. I just, so, okay, okay. So look, as sad as I may be about some of the mystique being lost, I do kind of comfort myself. And I feel like a lot of it is almost retained in the big 12 that like, while the SEC and the big 10, especially start to feel more and more like, like, like I said, like NFL light that in the big 12, you do have this very odd collection of teams from, uh, kind of the west coast southwest type of area and that maybe that's where some of that like pack 12 after dark spirit tends to live on but 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 i want to look outside of football because yes uh for football it's it's like you said aaron it's probably a good decision we're probably all gonna love it yep. i don't think this makes any fucking sense no. for any other no. sport like it is the height of absurdity to me and and i hate that these other sports had to get caught up in football because the contracts that we talk about when we talk about the billion dollar deal the big 10 side or the 800 million dollar deal the sec time it's for football it's not for these other sports and so i agree with eli drinkwitz when he says my question is did we count the cost and i'm not talking about the financial cost i'm talking about did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision what does it cost those student athletes we're talking about a football decision they based it on football but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross country do we ask about the cost to them do we know what the number one indicator or symptom of cause of mental health issues is it's lack of rest and sleep traveling in those baseball softball games those people they travel commercial they get done playing they got to go to the airport they come back it's three or four in the morning they got to go to class i mean did we ask any of them and again in football the geography doesn't matter because you play one game a week, okay? And you build up yeah. to that one game. And so you go in, you play your game, you come home. Everything builds to these very singular moments. It's easy to overcome something like geography. It matters immensely more to the team that has to go play a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series at a place mm -hmm. or maybe a midweek game at another place. And it just doesn't make – and you even get a bit of a – lack of return on the investment again when there are more games right part of the reason why this yeah. is so sexy in football is because they are these very singular clashes where if these games are being played more and more and more it just doesn't mean as much and so like in a world where the college football playoff is already broken off from the ncaa the ncaa has no control over college football whatsoever if you look at nil and everything else like i just wish that somebody could have been smart enough figured it out legally or just found some sort of way to break this out into being football only, and it would feel uh, probably a lot better than it does today. No, I, I agree. It, it's going to be way more difficult. I put a tweet out about this. Just, just think about the academic perspective of this entire thing equation. Like, you know, you expect these kids to go play these three round games, you know, three games in a row across the country, then have to still meet their their, their academic requirements as well too. It's like you're hoping with more money becomes. Um, turns into more assistance and more help when it comes to certain parts of life being a student athlete. And I think that has to be a conversation that needs to be had at all these universities. Brum, could you put up that that graphic you just had up real quick? Because I was looking at it, it kind of got me excited for something that we've talked about previously in, in one of your boys, your boy in your morning show, Jacob Hester talks about all the time. 
How awesome would this be right here? Sorry for those listening on AMP and, and, and on podcasts. All it is is the Power Five schools, SEC on top, big, the Big Ten, the ACC, Big 12, and the Pac-12. If this was essentially um, like the European soccer when it comes to relegation, yeah. of these are the different tiers, and you can play your way into these tiers based on your performance from the previous year and your performance of, of if you're great, you, you, you move up. If you stink, you move down. Like this looks awesome to me. If that was the way it was, obviously you'd probably put the SEC somehow in the Big Ten as tier one, but then having the ACC kind of below that, the Big Twelve below that, and then if you merge, say the Pac twelve with like the 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 Mountain West Conference is the tier below that, and you can kind of work your way up and down these tiers in order to to you know essentially have something to play a little bit more for. Um, so this is that to me is awesome. This is something that to me feels has always felt a bit unrealistic the idea of relegation simply because i don't know why a school or a team uh would ever agree to incur the risk of being relegated right like why would Rutgers give up their 70 million dollar a year payout like yeah. why why would they ever want to imperil that knowing that they can't really keep pace of football however this does play on a bit of a another scenario that I've seen start to crop up in all this, which is like you said, this is all about money. Um, yep. The same money that built the sport to this, this grandiose spot where it's the number two most popular sport in America, right behind the NFL. That is the same money now that is driving it into this consolidation, into these, these super conferences. Well, what happens 10 years down the road when the money believes that teams like Rutgers are holding the big 10 back. And well, you see, we can't sell nearly as much advertising when they play it. It's not worth X and X. And they want, you know, they want a, uh, let's just see out of the big 12, uh, maybe like, let's play with a pure hypothetical here. All of a sudden, uh, Colorado's balling. They're packing the yep. stadium. You know, we'd much rather have Colorado in the big 10 than we would Rutgers. Maybe then there's actually an economic path to something like relegation being forced through. Again, I yep. think that's very unrealistic. That would be incredibly exciting. Um, but you know, I, I just don't think it's probably ever going to happen. That'd be awesome though. It would I mean, be awesome. It'd be the best. You can make the argument that how Oregon State, Washington State, and Stanford did get relegated. Well, and the shitty part yeah. about that though is Oregon State's fucking good. We're yeah. going to talk about they're the top coaches 20 top twenty five. They're 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 Ooh. number eighteen. They finished ten and three last year. Like I get it. Cal's down bad right now. Stanford's down bad. Even though I love their head coach Troy Taylor, Washington State was actually up last year, so it's not entirely fair to them. But Pullman's going to be fine. Like Pullman loves Washington State football. They'll love him in there in the Mountain but West no matter what. I feel awful for somebody like Oregon State who has now been just completely left out to die right when everything's finally coming along for John Smith and that program. But but but, but do you think do you think right now the the big I don't even want to call it the Big Ten because it's it's eighteen. The big do you think team. they're done. The big team. Do you think the big team are done, or do you think they would rather have a a, a you know, get it up to 20, add two more teams. And if they would want to go to 20, would it be, are they waiting on maybe a, a Florida State Clemson to see if they can get out of the, the, the grid of rights in the ACC? Would they go add two more teams to the West Coast to continue to alleviate some of the travel traveling issues that we're going to face when it comes to these other sports? Like, I kind of like 20 more than 18. I'd rather a 10 and 10 conference split it down the middle than a nine and nine. Are there two more teams to be had, and where do you think they would get it from? 
Uh, maybe there's two more teams we had. Again, this is boring, but it's a money question, right? Why yeah. did Oregon and Washington get to join? Uh, because yep. Fox reopened the contract and made enough money for Oregon and Washington to join at sub rates. Remember, they're not going to get full payouts. We talked yep. about this. Like hypothetically, how do you add teams without effect? You know, how? Why would schools agree to it if it's going to affect their payouts? Well, they managed to go back to the negotiating table, open enough money, and I think it's through like twenty thirty they'll get uh, lesser payouts than the other schools. Well, however, at that point, they'll be up for another TV contract, and maybe then you could see like a bump to 20 or something along those lines, Aaron. But at that point, they'll also become full members getting full payouts. So uh, maybe, I, I guess, but I don't know that I see Oregon State or somebody else moving the needle in the same way, uh, perhaps like a Florida State, one of those Southern schools for a Fox. Um, but this is all made extra weird by the fact that it comes at a time when rights holders are are not are, are looking to spend money less and less because everybody's kind of been losing money on streaming and whatnot. But also, sports are more and more valuable, right? Because everything's consumed on demand now, and so stuff that people actually watch live has that much more advertising value um so it's a business and we understand why the business is the way it is and how it all happened the way it did uh but i do think it's pretty fascinating aaron from a narrative standpoint and what i mean about that if you just look at this like a story like you were reading a book or something um it's incredible drama it has all the twists and the turns of some you know ancient greek uh tragedy in a lot of ways hell if you're a game of thrones fan Tell me this doesn't remind you of the Red Wedding in which Walter Frey broke one of the most unbreakable uh, rites or traditions when he broke guest right. He welcomed in the Starks. He broke salt. You know, he, he broke bread with them. They had bread and salt under his roof, and then he betrayed them. We, we talk all the time about the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and how the Big 12 was bleeding out on the ground and, and reached out to the Pac-12 for help and they were ignored and they were slapped away. Now the Big 12's on it. But what about the Big 10's role in all of this? And yes, I know the SEC kicked this all off, right? They, they went and added Texas and Oklahoma. So Greg Sankey deserves a lot of the credit or culpability for where this has all gone. However, what the SEC did was naked conquest it's easy to understand they were more powerful and they said we're more powerful we're taking your teams okay what the big 10 did was something more insidious something more fray like they broke guest right they formed an alliance not because they ever intended to honor the alliance but because they yeah. wanted to look at the books they wanted to look at see who made sense for me and so they formed this alliance and what a couple of months later all of a sudden, mm. USC and UCLA stabbed the Pac-12 in the back. They joined the Big Ten. And then the Big Ten, not satisfied, puts the nail in the coffin in the form of Oregon and Washington as they drink mm. from their cup, laughing, watching the Pac-12 <laughs> bleeding out on the ground and saying, you fool, you dumbass, you thought I needed all of you. <laughs> I only ever needed parts of you. And now you're mine and you're dead. Bye-bye. It is insidious. Mm. It is Shakespearean what the Big Ten did here. It's beautiful. Beautifully, beautifully said, T-Bob. I, I will give you a plot on that one. Um, once again, I go back to kind of what I said earlier in the sense of you can blame the Big Ten, you can blame the Big 12, you can blame the SEC for, for getting things kicked off. I still blame – I just – I blame the Pac-12. I blame 
the the fan bases. I blame the it's organization not, of the fan, entire conference. It's not fair to the fan bases. It's fucking funny, it's, dude. It's it's just. Uh, I think it's part. I think it's part of the fan bases. How many times do we turn on Pac-12 games and the crowds are 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 nowhere near what they are in the Big Ten, the SEC? It just doesn't mean. It, I'll take I'll take an SEC saying it just doesn't mean more on the West Coast. That's besides, true. for a handful of teams that are now making the move, understanding that if 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 I want to be a part of something bigger than a conference that is not really from a fan base perspective, given a damn about football, let's go to some conference that does care, which is right now three conferences, maybe four conferences. I will say this. Good luck NCAA getting any federal NIL legislation passed because you can fuck all the way off with that. Right. Like you, you have the administrators have clearly showed us where their values lie what they yep. care about. I mean, right. And if they really cared about amateurism or, you know, no pay for play, well, guess what? This shit wouldn't have happened or it would have been football only. Right. It's just so bald faced so that when they sit up there again and they try to say something about how, what college athletics is supposed to be about, you can now shout in their face, please hypocrite. We've already seen you. We've seen the emperor without any clothes. We know what it is. Get out of here with your NIL regulations. Nobody wants to hear it. It's all about money. Otherwise, why the fuck is uh, USC softball traveling to Iowa in the middle of the spring? JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with Powerhouse College Athletics, UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics NIL deals, JLabs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, 
Head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Of course it's all about money, T-Bob. Shit. To make shit happen costs money. It, to, to build facilities costs money. I agree, to, but I'm just to make upgrades they're, they're, to pay they're... coaches to to do anything costs money. You can't. It just doesn't come out of thin air. Like you need to make money. Yeah, but, but what like, I'm saying play, is, play that you want. Like say, like okay, they're being greedy. No, yeah, there's that, a little greedy to it, but go. That's not what the NCAA has told us. Is my only point, and that's not what these administrators have tried to tell us when they whined and they complained about their players getting money or it's the wild west it's this or that no no. so all i'm saying is let's just all be honest with what it is about and 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 your actions speak louder than words if you're these administrators in school so i'm not naive to it i'm not even decrying it i'm just saying like really miss me with the next round of bullshit about why we need athlete compensation to be capped because really what's going to re what's going to result in this Aaron is athletes are going to get a part of this tv money that's coming I hope so. Like, no, no, not oh, I hope. No, that coming. fight is coming. It's coming. That fight yes. is coming down the road. So you can keep worrying about NIL all you want because uh, lawyers are already salivating at the thought of billion-dollar television contracts in which the labor do not get any part of it. Uh, no. So it's it's you know it's 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 representative. And again, I think a lot of the friction that I'm feeling today comes from the very thing that we've talked about with NIL before, where I believe we had accepted a system that was fundamentally broken kind of and as, as as it was before and and so now something that makes more sense from a capitalistic standpoint feels worse because we had accepted something that was you know and kind of a not inherently capitalist um anything else there like i said there's kind of going to be our magnum opus on realignment as the the 2020 forging of college football is now complete you will never see a larger disparity from one year to the next in how a sport looks than 2023 to 2024. Doesn't, doesn't FSU and ACC teams have another seven days to figure out what they want to do? Yeah, I, I guess mean, we didn't even mention that. FSU apparently is exploring private equity firms, which Aaron was on the ground floor of here. Told you about this a couple of weeks ago if you listen to Snaps. Uh, private, private equity firms to figure out ways of basically floating FSU the money to get out of grant of rights deals. So in the long term, they too will be taken care of. So not done yet. Not done. Uh, I hope it's not done. I hope it's, it's not. It's you know, right. Yeah, of course. Of course. So what's wrong with that? Wait, what's is what? it really? Yes. That's I think that you get. Is it really? Yeah. It's the South. <laughs> it's pit. I mean, as if like, I know we're a college oh, football no. show, but like, is there a better example of any of this than this than the Saudis just taking over the PGA? Like after all their yeah. blustering and they're like, Rah! like the PGA is like, no, you know yeah. what? When you have what hundreds of billions, like because they had to, because like Aaron yeah. said, they didn't have a choice. They were being leaned on, 
it's 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 like how what whatever actually i was about to go maybe down to sojourn whatever um yeah. the point is yes uh money rules all it always has and so the same way that the pga had to capitulate sure fsu take the money do whatever you got to do get in the sec and then uh everybody will be happy i mean if i'm the acc i'm 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 shaking a bit right now uh yeah. because if the pac-12 can die you can certainly die um, mm -hmm. and you actually arguably even have less to offer. Now, I guess this would be a counterpoint that the ACC probably has more fan buy-in like you're talking Way about, Aaron, but purely, but purely on the football field, they do not have a lot to offer right now. Uh, let me just pull them up. Uh, obviously Clemson, Florida state's back a little bit. Uh, UNC's no pretty UNC, good. And you got past Pittsburgh's had moments. You know, Virginia Tech historically is, is is been good. I know they're kind of in the dumps right now, so we'll see. Still don't even remember their head, new head coach's name. Um, makes $5 million, though. <laughs> makes $5 million, though. Good for him. <laughs> no, I mean, but but, but, but f three years ago, we'd be, we were saying the same thing about the, the Pac-12. I mean, Pac-12 is just they've, – they've hit gold, unfortunately, at the wrong time, which is kind of when they're dying. They, they finally figured it out. Yeah. Um, the ACC still has – really good some 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 good traditional teams that to me aren't necessarily dead they're just kind of lying in, in the weeds kind of sleeping a little bit right now so i still think it's a good it's a it's a decent conference for football it's never going to be the sec it'll never be the big 10 but it, it still has some pretty good pieces like we talked about with the, the big 10 kind of picking what they want from the pac-12 there's some good pieces that that every conference is going to want a piece of especially some good markets too yeah, so I mean, but then what if the SEC cherry picks a couple? Like, what happens to the ACC? Do they survive? Do no. they get? Do they get? Do they get picked apart as well? I think if you lose Clemson, Florida State, and say the Carolinas, I think it's done. And by the Carolinas, do you mean Duke in North Carolina, or what are you talking about? No, I think I think NC State in Carolina. And what and, and Duke? What nobody wants Duke. Nobody wants that basketball brand. Pretty good football team, nine and four. I'm not saying no one does. I'm just saying what would be the do, what would be the final dominoes? Kind of like the the, the Pac-12, where all of a sudden, you know, Oregon and Oregon or Oregon and Washington left. Then all of a sudden, the other schools were like, "Holy crap! Like maybe we need to go revisit this Big Twelve thing, and we better sign a deal now." Like the 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 the, the final tipping point would be if if four schools leave. Then everyone else would then really be like, okay, time to jump off board, trying to find, you know, time to find our new home. Now, it's not, I'm not saying that they would be left like Oregon State and Cal, you know, kind of holding the bag. I'm saying they would start to really look at finding a new home themselves. Alas, we shall see. Uh, again, don't get me wrong. I'm here for it. I will, I will, I will, you know, smile and and cheer and 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 drink the blood of sacrifice as i watch lsu open up with usc in las vegas and then play ucla and then play their eight game divisionless schedule that includes oklahoma like i'll be right there going crazy every single game uh but there will be some part of me that will maybe miss what used to be yeah, the Pac-12 this year is to go back to the Red Wedding. It's like when they chop off Rob Stark's head and then they kill his direwolf and they sew the direwolf's head on his body and they like put him up on the horse and he's like riding around and it's like, you know, this 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 awful 
puppet, this like meat puppet. That's basically the conference this year. They look scary. They look impressive, but uh, they're a dead man walking. They are a true, as true of a zombie as you can find in sports. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Right before the show uh, started though today, and that'll do it, you know, no more realignment talk until actual news breaks. If something like a private equity firm does something official, uh, we will do a slight mention on it. We will not spend time in it. I kind of feel as if that is the snaps magnum opus to realignment. I hope you're happy, Aaron. I know you have been uh, you have been clapping and cheering louder than most, uh, yelling in the streets for the blood of the Pac-12, and it mm. appears you've finally gotten what you've wanted. Yep, I appreciate it. I'm excited. Death to the Pac-12. College football is a better day. Wow, wow, unbelievable. Um, so right before the show, though, uh, a new poll dropped. That's right. Every, who doesn't love poll talk when it comes to college football, mm-hmm. especially preseason poll talk, the most ridiculous of all poll talk, as Brett McMurphy drops. Oh, we're not Brett McMurphy. That's where I saw it first. Uh, but the coach's preseason poll has officially dropped. We'll use our guy, McMurphy, because he's the best. But uh, number one, your UJ Bulldogs. No surprise there. Number two, Michigan. Okay, Wolverines getting the respect they deserve number three alabama number four ohio state i kind of feel like that top four is a grouping unto itself right those are all the regular customers um i I would put georgia alabama and ohio state in the benefit of the doubt club which is where i don't give a fuck who you lost what coaches you lost what players you lost we're putting you in the top four michigan has bullied their way or I don't know if they bullied their way in the benefit of the doubt club, but they've definitely bullied their way with all their returning production and how good they were in the last couple of years into being like, yes, they too should, should be in that top tier. So I kind of have that as tier one in my mind. And then, and then the tiers and the teams behind them form up like a tier two. You know how I feel about Alabama. Um, I don't think Alabama is a top team. I think LSU is the better team heading into the season. So, I mean, if, if I was doing my poll today, I would have LSU, ahead of Alabama. I would still have Georgia, Michigan, 1-2. I love those two. I do think they're the best two teams in the country heading into the season. Um, I'd probably put Ohio State at three. I, actually, I'd put LSU at three, Ohio State at four. Um, you, would just flip like LSU, you would just flip LSU and Alabama. Right? I, would LSU LSU and Alabama. I, I, I would flip LSU and Alabama right now. Yes. So you got LSU 5, USC 6, Penn State 7, Clemson 9. What's interesting to me about those teams, Aaron, is they all feel like teams that are trying to break in. Right, They're trying to break into that top tier. LSU under Brian Kelly feels like maybe here in year number two, they could really prove, look, year one was solid, but LSU's ready to be championship relevant every single season. Same thing with Lincoln Riley and USC. Same thing with Penn State. You know, in the Big Ten, only losing to Michigan Ohio State. Well, now they got their quarterback. They got Drew Alar. Will they break through? Again, same thing with Florida State. After starting the year three and three, they end on an absolute tear. They win 10 games. Jordan Travis looks great. They're recruiting their ass off. Mike Norvell looks like he has that team on the edge of being championship relevant. And then Clemson obviously has been there and is trying to to get back there. So I got the top four as my tier one, and then I cut off my tier two at Clemson right before number 10, Tennessee. Yeah. I love Florida State ahead of Clemson. I think Florida State wins the ACC. I think Clemson's going to be a team that will be outside the, the, the top 10 when it's all said and done. 
Um, I do like your tiers here, but uh, I think Washington is a top 10 team. I don't know if you, you feel the same way. I like Washington a little bit ahead of, of where they are right now. Um, I think there's two teams in there that are, are in, in their positions because of the brand, and that's Alabama and that's Clemson. Uh, I, I just but, I, so you I, don't I think don't, Alabama should be in the top ten? No, 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 no. I'm just saying in okay. their positions inside the top ten. So Once you again, would you would flip Clemson and would, Washington. Washington, I'd flip Clemson. Washington. Washington's yes. at eleven. Clemson so out, gonna help. I would get Clemson outside of the top ten. Flip them with Washington, and I do like Washington ahead of Tennessee too. So after Clemson, you kind of get. I into, have more faith. Yeah. Well, I was going to say after Clemson, you kind of get into the prove it tier. Right. And, yeah. and and granted, Florida State could probably exist in either one, but Tennessee prove that last year was not an anomaly, that Josh Heupel can do this spanning multiple quarterbacks, spanning multiple years. Washington, same thing. Uh, was was last year just kind of uh, catching uh, lightning in a bottle to go 11 and 2 and put up all the crazy numbers yeah. you did? Did you just play bad pass defenses like some will tell you? Or under Kalen Boer, are you going to be? That legitimate threat. Texas, prove anything. Texas, prove prove one fucking thing. Texas coming in at 12. I love that they're not in the top 10. Just prove one thing. Prove that you can go 10 and 3. Okay. Just just prove that Steve Sarkeesian can win double digit games and then we'll give you a pass. Notre Dame at 13. They're looking to prove themselves under uh Marcus Freeman, you know, post Brian Kelly, where look, if you look at the last few coaches before Brian Kelly, they were awful. So there's a lot of pressure on Freeman to prove that he can keep this train running. And it's probably not fair to Utah to be put in the prove it tier, but here, I mean, here they are. I mean, I, I would I would keep this you have Utah 14, Oregon 15, TCU 16, Kansas State 17, Oregon State 18. Yeah, I would go all the way down here to Oklahoma at 19 for the prove it here because even Kansas State and TCU, despite being really good, continue to not get a lot of uh, national belief. Yeah. Uh, one team at the bottom of the list I do like. Uh, I feel like I just love teams in Texas, I guess. I like A&M at 25. I think A&M is going to catapult themselves inside the top 15 at some point this season. Uh, it, it, from everything that 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 you know, I'm hearing is, is uh, Petrino will be – uh, Colin plays this season, and you just look at what they bring back from last year on the defense, and then then and then the quarterback and the receivers and all the skill on that football team right now. It's like, man, I, I if if they can get the offense figured out, which it seems like they're going to give him an opportunity to get an offense figured out and evolve and play with some more tempo and mix things up and and, and the shifts and the motions just evolve as an offense. You have the the players. To do it once again, you beat Alabama two years ago. You you had the opportunity to beat Alabama last year. You beat the snot out of LSU. So like you've shown to the country that you can beat the best of the best. Two teams ranked inside the top five, what five six. You've you've taken care of yeah. the past two years. A and M is is a sneaky team at twenty five that I think is going to have a pretty damn good year. Are you uh, so? Would that be your biggest mover, like out of teams that you feel yes. like are the most low ranked? Think A and M climb the most. I think A and M is my biggest mover this season. From from where they are today in this poll to where they end up at the end of the season, I think A and M's a team easily can jump up ten spots. Uh, Oregon at fifteens, a little interesting. Not getting nearly the respect that. Um, that Washington is like kind of the coaches or uh, I mean, I guess, I guess Utah probably arguably disrespected more than both. If I had to pick a team that I think could move up the most here, I mean, I'll, 
I can maybe go right in front of you. I think Texas Tech, I think Joey McGuire has done a hell of a job with the Red Raiders. Um, they had their best season, I think, in like a decade last year. Uh, we, we, we've talked about the NIL buy-in they have, where if you sign with Texas Tech, you get 25K just off the jump. They do a great job of recruiting in-state at Texas. They're tough. Um, maybe the Big 12 is a little too crowded. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, okay, so if, if we're playing this game, like just trying to math it out, because I didn't think about this before the show, I guess North Carolina could be a team to watch as well because of a relatively weak ACC. Now, that's not to say that I'm a UNC yeah. believer, that they'll be consistent up, but they come in ranked 20, and so to move up by definition, you need to be ranked low, right? And like, you know, it's not that crazy to think that they could catch a Clemson on the wrong day and beat them or yep. catch a Florida State on the wrong day. So North Carolina would probably be one to watch. Oh, and then Oklahoma at 19. Um, Oklahoma should be better than 19. Like, that's on Brent Venables. Uh, Brent Venables needs to prove that Oklahoma will be better than 19. They have way too much talent to be ranked around the team's like, go look at their blue chip ratio compared to yep. Kansas State and Oregon State, who are right ahead of them, and North Carolina and Wisconsin, who are behind them, and it's not close. So that could be one as well. Um, do you have a most overrated on this list, Aaron, before we go? Uh, most overrated on the list, I still think Clemson. I think I know I said I just put, I'd flip them with Washington, but I think a Clemson, you're going to see a Clemson team that, that ends up somewhere closer to 15 when it's all said and done, which isn't, I guess, a massive drop. But when it comes to Clemson football and where they've been over the past decade, kind of losing control of the ACC, Florida State on the rise, um, and we'll see, obviously see what Miami does this year as well. To me, I, we've talked about Dabo a little bit, maybe not being in touch with this new college football. I think if Florida State continues to do what they're doing on the recruiting trail, you see they're dominating. If they do win the ACC – Say North Carolina and Miami also have good years, and Clemson's just good, not great, like a nine and three team. I think that's a massive blow to that brand. Yeah, I think Texas at twelve is certainly someone to watch uh, because, of course, yeah, move into the side of the top ten, probably right. Uh, I mean, look, dude, y'all, you, you, and you, and all your little horny Longhorn boys can continue to try to push that narrative. Um, I hate to say this because I like the team, like I do, but Florida State at eight is interesting because they're very good. Very good. But they did start Just three and it. three last year, and that's with an LSU win. If you lose to LSU this year, maybe some stuff goes awry. Like I could see a world where Florida State tumbles, although um, – I wouldn't put money on it. I, I wouldn't put money on them on the under or anything, but I, I could see it. So there it is, your top 25. Shout out Tulane as well, sneaking in at uh, number 23, Ole Miss 22, Wisconsin 21. Um, Luke Fickle, how about that? Uh, Aaron, have a great day, man. Uh, I want to say, too, uh, thank you for everybody. Again, sorry that you know no more YouTube Live, but download AMP. And you can catch us live there every single day, Monday through Thursday. As always, subscribe to youtube.com slash at volume snaps. That's where you can get uh, all of our content that we do. Uh, if you just Google Snaps Podcast, you can find it on Apple, Spotify, rate it, review it, share it with your friends, help us grow the show. We love doing the show with you. And look, since 
we no longer will be fielding like questions in the YouTube chat. Um, any questions, comments that you have, leave them on the videos below and we will go through all the comments and we will uh, log the best ones. We're still kind of workshopping exactly what it looks like, maybe like a mailbag section, maybe like question of the day, mm -hmm. but just anything you want to say, get them in those comments, uh, which also yep. does help your boys out, helps drive the algorithm and, um, and, and we can address them on the show. So a massive thank you for sticking with us. Continue to subscribe, share with your friends. Um, and a huge thank you to Pat Gunther, Ryan Brumley, Danny Cardenas, Chris Tran, and Adam Gracia. Thank you to Aaron Murray. And as most of all, thank you to the listeners and the volume and app for having us here. We'll be back with more snaps tomorrow here on app. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.